Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who's here in our midst as we come together to worship, as we come together to sit at your feet and receive your word today. And so, Father, I thank you that International Family Church, everyone watching and listening today, Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit in their life that's speaking, directing, guiding, bringing us into truth, bringing us into the, uh, the Word of God, and helping us to see and to apply your Word for us today. So we thank you that our hearts are open, we're ready to receive. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to start with our takeaway today. And our takeaway is this, stand up and fight for what belongs to you and your children. We have an inheritance. If you don't fight, then by default, you forfeit God's promises for your life. We're gonna be talking today about fighting the good fight of faith. But first, I'd like to open up with a text of scripture found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It's a great portion of scripture that describes what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus. And so it reads here in verse 1 from the Amplified, it says, And you He made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from Him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. You were following the ways of the world, influenced by this present age, in accordance to the prince of the power of the air, that is Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. Verse 3, Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of the sinful mind, we were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. Verse 4 says, But God, being so very rich in mercy because of His great and wonderful love which He loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from Him, He's made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by His grace, His undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. Verse 6 says, And He raised us up together with Him when we believed and seated us with Him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's a mouthful. God has bestowed upon us His favor and mercy. He's raised us up to sit together with Christ. We have spiritual authority. And today we are in Christ. And, you know, one of the things that we all deal with as believers, especially in our culture today, is to fall asleep spiritually. And in this series, we want to make sure that every friend, every member, every partner of International Family Church, everyone watching, everyone that attaches themselves to our company, International Family Church, we want to make sure we're all alert, sharp, spiritually active, that we're not falling asleep at the wheel, but we're awakened to what God wants to do in our lives and what God wants to do through us. And so I'd like to illustrate a simple story you know, if, if you're asleep today, then guess what's happening in your life? You're coasting. 
You're coasting. Let me illustrate this with a simple story. I remember when I was in high school, you know, as a teenager, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing was camping and canoeing. So we had all the camp gear and had the canoe. And, and uh, there was a place in Medfield, Massachusetts, I would go. It was right off Route 27 at the Medfield State Hospital. We'd put that canoe in the water and we would head off to uh, the Natick's, uh, Natick's uh, Lower Falls, I think it was called. And it was about maybe four to five mile trek, uh, canoeing down uh, the uh, Charles River. And uh, I remember the first time I went canoeing, of course, I'm heading downstream, down the Charles River. And it was wonderful taking in the sights, enjoying the scenic views, and, and just, you really didn't have to paddle that much, you just coast because uh, that first time I went, the current was very strong. But you know, at some point you're gonna have to turn around, otherwise you come up along the lower falls in Natick, Massachusetts. And so there was that one time, it was a strong current, and after a couple of hours of, of, of canoeing, heading downstream, just relaxing and enjoying, I had to make a turnaround. And so I had to start paddling upstream, not realizing how strong the current was. I really had to press forward. I had to focus, put my head down and just start paddling, paddling left to the right, to the left, to the right. I was paddling strong. And after one mile of paddling, my muscles started to burn. I mean, my shoulders and my upper arms were starting to burn and my back was starting to hurt. And I still had four miles to go. Needless to say, I made my destination, but I had to press forward. I had to go against the current. I was paddling upstream. And you know what? That's a perfect illustration of the Christian life, our faith journey. We have to paddle upstream. We have to press forward with the things of God. Paul talked about pressing forward. And so if we're going to appropriate all that God has done for us that we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 6, we need to press forward in the things of God. If you're coasting, then guess what? You're sleeping. And that current, the current that's all around us, the current of our culture, the current of our world will take you to a place you don't want to go, a place you don't want to be. It'll take you right outside of the will of God for your life. And so when we realize, when we are awake, we realize that there are struggles involved. There's a fight involved. The devil is your adversary and he doesn't want you to possess the things that Jesus died and, and made available to you. We know the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He is your adversary. Think about it. He's the one who tempts you. He's the one who accuses you. He's the one who hinders you. He's the one who tries to intimidate you with fear. He wants to steal and kill and destroy the things that God has made available in your life. And he wants to take away and destroy your Christian witness. Think about that. You know, I discovered uh, some 40 years ago when I was a new believer as a, as a young adult, 20 years old, God had wonderfully touched my life, came to experience forgiveness and acceptance, began to discover God's love for me and discovered that God had a plan for my future. And I'll never forget 
There were three simple things that the Holy Spirit taught me that first year when I came to Christ. Number one, he taught me to seek God first. Oh, that wonderful scripture, seek first the kingdom of God and all the things that the world seeks after will be added to you. Well, I was, you know, a young man faced with a a big future and filled with care and anxiety and fear. And the Holy Spirit knew exactly what I needed. And that scripture really ministered life to me. The second thing was the Holy Spirit taught me how to pray the word of God how to pray promises. And I'll never forget that scripture in John 15, 7 that lifted off the page. And man, it just, it just seemed too good to be true when I read that scripture. It's a scripture that Jesus quoted to his disciples. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be given to you. I realized by the Holy Spirit that God wanted to work in my life. He wanted to answer prayers and he wanted me to pray. So I began to pray the word, got some God's promise books. And I remember when prayers avail much that came along. It wasn't back then, but back in the charismatic movement, when I got saved, there were a lot of these uh, uh, devotional books and promise books that were filled with scriptures. And so I would take those scriptures you know, they were topical, they were indexed, and I could find a scripture that covered my situation. I would begin to pray the word and give God praise and thanks. The other thing I learned to do was learn how to praise God in advance before you see the answers to your prayer. So that was very powerful for me. But then there's, there was this third thing that the Holy Spirit taught me, and it was to get up and to fight. We as believers need to know how to fight. And Paul talked about the good fight of faith. And this was the scripture the Holy Spirit gave to me long ago. And it just, I remember going on walks. You know, I was living at home at the time. I would just go out, get out of the house and go around the block for a walk. And I'd meditate on this verse of scripture and it would just strengthen me and empower me and, and fill me with courage that I can do what God's called me to do. And it reads here like this. I'm going to read the King James Version because that's the way I memorized it in 1 Kings, uh, excuse me, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. I love what it says. It says, But thou, O man of God, and ladies, that includes you. You just put woman in there. But thou, O woman of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. And then verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of what God's made available to you. So we're called to fight the good fight of faith. God wants you to lay hold of the life, the abundant life that Jesus made available to you. The peace, the joy, the wisdom, the favor, everything that you need from God to live a life of, of, of abundance, you need to take a stand and you need to learn to fight. Listen, if we don't fight, then listen, we forfeit God's divine peace in our life. We forfeit divine favor. We forfeit the wisdom of God for our decision making. We even forfeit supernatural and breakthrough and, and provision for our life. All of the promises of God are worth fighting for. Think about it. If you want true and lasting peace in your life, if you want prosperity in your life and stability in your life, then you're going to have to step into a spiritual conflict. 
Peace and prosperity are obtained through, through spiritual warfare. It works this way. You know, when we come to Christ, a lot of us, we've had a past, we've had mindsets, we've had strongholds, we've had all kinds of attitudes, and things begin to change because God puts a desire in us to grow and to change. And, and so for me, I had strongholds in my life when I first came to Christ. And there were struggles in my life, temptations in my life. The enemy wanted to, be, wanted to pull me back into the old way of living. And so I had to learn that I had to break enemy strongholds in my thinking, my thoughts, old habits and attitudes, and I had to start building godly strongholds. If you start building good strongholds, that's what's going to secure for you peace, provision, stability, and prosperity for your life. So God wants you to get in the ring and fight. But the first step to getting into that ring and winning the battle is knowing that your adversary, the devil, is already defeated. Jesus defeated him 2,000 years ago. So that's the first step. But the second step is real simple. What's the secret to winning the fight? Two things, submit and resist. Those two words, think about that. Say it to yourself, submit and resist. We have two scriptures that talks about submitting to God and resisting the devil. How do we fight the good fight of faith? Well, it involves two things. It involves submitting to God and resisting the devil. Let's go over to James chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It reads, But he gives more grace, speaking of God, gives more grace. For this reason it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, Therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do we fight? How do we fight the good fight? Well, we submit to God. We do that by humbling ourselves and we resist the devil. Now, what happens when you submit to God? When you submit to God in prayer, in reading the Bible, in having private devotion time with the Lord, getting quiet with the Lord, just sitting and listening for the Spirit of God to speak to you, submitting yourself, surrendering yourself to God, God's grace, God's favor, God's ability begins to flow into your life. You can't resist the devil in your own strength and in your own power. You need God's spirit. You need God's power. You need God's grace to be working in your life so that you have the strength to stand against sin, against temptation, against the devil who's at work in everyone's life. The word resist is an interesting word. The Greek word is antihistamy, antihistamy. And it means to stand against, withstand, or oppose. Now, think about this. Your body uh, has an immune system and it will release histamines. That's where the, the word histamine comes from in the Greek. Uh, it releases histamines when it detects allergens in your body. And sometimes, you know, our body overreacts and uh, we're sneezing like crazy or itching like crazy or coughing. And, and so what do we get? We go to the drugstore and we get an antihistamine. 
But this word histamine means to stand against. And your physical body, God designed your physical body with an immune system so that when a foreign intruder comes to attack your body, it gives a response. It takes a stand. Histamines are released. And so, and the same thing is true spiritually. When you submit yourself to God and you're feeding on the Word of God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to build you up, He is strengthening your spiritual immune system. He's given you the ability to respond against test, temptation, against your adversary, the devil. And so let's take another look at a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, the second half of verse 5 to verse 10 is uh, Peter talks about submitting and resisting as well. The scripture reads in 1 Peter 5, the second half of the verse, it says, Clothe yourselves with humility, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves then under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Verse 8 says, Be sober and watchful because your adversary the devil walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, Resist. That's that Greek word, histeme. Resist him firmly in the faith, knowing that the same tests, the same temptations, the same afflictions are experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. But after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory through Christ Jesus, He'll restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Wow, I like that. Think about those two words, our key words. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil. They go hand in hand. Every day we have to practice submission to God. We do that in our devotions. We do it in prayer. We do it by confessing the word of God. We do it through daily meditation. Whatever works for you. We do it listening to praise and worship music. During those times, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. He wants to edify us. He wants to encourage us and build us up. So when the evil day comes, when the test comes, when the tempter comes knocking at your door, you've got strength and resilience to stand and resist him and fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Think about this. Here's a powerful statement uh, in regards to submission. Through the process of daily submission, we become sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. God's Word comes alive in us and speaks to us. We call that rhema, when the Word of God actually is lifting off the pages and it's speaking to our hearts. And so in that process of every day submitting to ourselves, we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His voice and the Word of God becomes more active in our heart. So when the day of temptation comes knocking at our door, we have something to respond with. Here's another great statement. Through the process of daily resistance, we become strong and resilient. We are able to conquer and subdue, and we are able to obtain the promises of God. Think about it. The New Testament is filled with wonderful promises for you and I. But listen, it doesn't come without a fight. It doesn't come without a stand because you and I, we have an adversary. 
the devil. His name is Satan. And he's the accuser of the brethren. And he does not want you to walk in and experience everything Jesus provided for you and I. Think about of all the testimonies recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. I like to refer to Hebrews 11 as faith's hall of fame. Great testimonies of people who fought the good fight of faith. And I love the tail end of that chapter in verse 33. It describes what faith does. These people who had a good testimony, who fought the good fight, who resisted their adversary, the devil. It says, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. We just read about Satan. You know, he is a roaring lion seeking those he could devour. These are descriptive of someone engaged in a good fight of faith. Listen, when we fight the good fight of faith, we subdue the worldly culture that is trying to influence us. When we fight the good fight of faith, we advance the cause of righteousness. Think about it. When we fight the good fight of faith, we obtain God's promises for us and for our kids, for our families. And listen, when we fight the good fight of faith, we silence our adversary. We shut the devil's mouth. Lasting peace does not come by placating the enemy. If you compromise, you will lose everything God made available to you. But by resisting the enemy, remember what the scripture says, he will flee from you. He has to flee. When you take your stand upon the promises of God and you actively resist histeme, resist your adversary, he has to flee. And when he flees, guess what comes into your life? Stability, lasting peace, rest, tranquility. We have to learn to submit and resist. And think about it now. We have a great example. Jesus, our Lord, our mentor, our example. He submitted and he resisted. And there's a great story. I don't have time to read the entire story, but read the account found in Luke chapter 3 and chapter 4, where Jesus was baptized, then was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, and then he was tempted after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he was tempted of the devil. And let's take a look how Jesus submitted and resisted. Let's go over to Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 22. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus submitting himself to the Father. And it really is a beautiful picture for every believer that we can have this same picture operating in our life as well. It reads here in verse 21, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. What a beautiful picture. Verse 22, And the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in a bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Here is a picture of what happens when we submit ourselves to God on a regular basis. Notice he was baptized. In other words, he ident identified fully with God's word and God's will for his life. 
And secondly, he was in the river praying and he was praying under an open heaven. That speaks of favor. And then we see the Spirit descending upon him and we hear a voice from heaven. Whose voice was that? It was the Father's voice to Jesus affirming him that he was pleased with him. And think about that. Every time you take time in your life, in your daily schedule, to submit yourself to your heavenly Father, and you spend time identifying with what the Word says, and you spend time praying under an open heaven, knowing that God, your Father, wants to take your cares. He wants to, uh, he wants to answer your prayers. He wants to move in your life. And, and also, when you hear the voice of your Father during that time of devotion and prayer, and He affirms you, he bears witness to you. He reminds you of His love. You come out of that place edified, built up, and ready to face your day, and ready to face your adversary, the devil. Ready to face sin and temptation and master it. And so we see Jesus fully submitted to God before He encountered His adversary, the devil. After this event, we see Him being led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. He's spending time praying, fasting. And then after the 40 days, Satan came. The tempter came. And how did Jesus resist the temptation? The Satan came to Jesus and said, turn these stones to bread. Because the Bible says he hungered. So the temptation was very real. How did Jesus respond to that temptation? He spoke the Word of God. Second time, Satan came and tried to tempt him. Jesus, part of the plan of God was to recover the world back to God. And he was in that place being tempted. This was a real temptation. Satan told Jesus, look at all the kingdoms of the world. If you bow down to me, I will give those kingdoms to you. That was a real temptation to Jesus. How did Jesus respond to that temptation? He spoke the word of God. And then the third time, third time, Satan started getting a little tricky. He used scripture and he tried to tempt Jesus using scripture. He said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down because the scripture says, God's angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Well, how did Jesus respond to that temptation? That was a very real temptation to Jesus. How did Jesus respond? He spoke the word of God. Think about it. How do we resist our adversary, the devil? We speak God's word. Not just any word, but that word that's come alive to us in our place of submission with God. As we're submitted to God, there comes from our spirit those promises that we've been reading or meditating on. All of a sudden, they're alive. They're speaking to us. Those are the promises of God, the rhema of God that we take and we speak in those times of our temptation. So think about it. What gives you a strong spiritual immune system? What gives you a strong response to, to temptation and sin in your life. It's submitting to the Holy Spirit where you're receiving constant edification and affirmation from your heavenly Father. As you practice submission, you're in a place to resist the enemy. 
And when you continue to resist the enemy, think about this. Jesus was tempted after that 40-day experience of prayer and fasting, but the Bible says that after a season, he came back and tempted Jesus again. So temptation is going to come. Test is going to come. What are you going to do? Are you going to lay down and let the devil run over your life? Or are you going to stand your ground and resist your adversary, the devil, with the word of God that's in your heart? Think about this. What will active resistance to sin and temptation produce in your life? When you learn to resist sin, and when you learn to resist temptation, when the devil comes knocking at your door, it will produce three powerful things in your life. And we see this in the life of Jesus. After Jesus was tempted, and after he spoke and resisted the devil, the Bible says in verse 14 that he returned in the power of the Spirit. In other words, after his temptation, after he resisted the enemy, he came out of that experience with a fresh anointing. Praise God. Number two, we see after that temptation experience that Jesus came to the synagogue and he found the scriptures. That was his custom. He would go to synagogue and read the scriptures. But after this event, he came to the synagogue in Galilee and he found where it was written of him in the scriptures in Luke 4, 17 and 18. And he picked up and read the scroll of Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And after he read that text of scripture, he boldly declared, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. What did Jesus have after he resisted the devil in that temptation? He had a bold declaration. He knew who he was. He knew what the Father's plan was. And because he knew, and he was confident in what he knew, he had a bold declaration. Wow. The third one is this. When you learn to resist the devil in your life, God will give you a platform of influence in the lives of people around you. In Luke 4, verse 44, the last verse of that chapter, it says, Jesus, he went and he preached in the synagogues of Israel. And we see here that God gave Jesus a platform of influence. Now think about these three things. Fresh anointing, a bold declaration of who you are in Christ, a platform of influence, ministry to those that are in your life. That will come as you learn to practice resistance. Submit to God, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. As you practice that and live that as a lifestyle, that's your motto. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to submit to God and I'm going to resist the devil. God will give to you a fresh anointing, a bold declaration, and a platform of influence to your family, your marriage, the people you work with, your community, your place here at International Family Church. Wow, that's a powerful thing to fight for. Amen. And so let me close with a command that's given to us in the New Testament. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, a portion of scripture that we're probably very familiar with. 
verse 10 to 13, and it reads this. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. That word stand is the Greek word histeme. It means resist. I'll read that again. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or resist against the schemes or strategies of the devil. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist, that's the word histeme, in the evil day, and having done all, to continue to stand. Wow, we find that word histeme three times in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. We're given the command to stand our ground, to fight the good fight of faith, and to resist. You can't do that when you're asleep. When you're asleep, it's like being in a canoe heading down the Charles River. Guess what is somewhere down that river, you're going to go off the dam. You're going to have a catastrophe. You're going to be in a place where you don't want to be. You're going to find yourself outside of the will of God. Listen, part of our Christian life and our Christian journey involves taking a stand, fighting a good fight, resisting sin, resisting temptation, and standing on ground. If you'll do that, God will bless you with a fresh anointing. He'll give you a confidence and a bold declaration, and He'll give you a platform of influence in your world. You're, you'll have a powerful Christian witness. And so let's, let's dress for the fight. You know, as you read that portion of Scripture, it talks about putting on the belt of truth and, and the shield of faith and, and the breastplate of righteousness and and shouting your feet with the gospel of peace. All those are just illustrations that Paul is conveying as to who we are in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, then you are dressed for the fight. You are ready to step in the ring. You are ready to resist your enemy. So let me encourage you to dress for the fight. Submit yourself to God. Get into the Word. Make sure you're praying God's Word and you're praying in the Spirit every day. Those are things I know during this COVID season, many of us have been distracted with a lot of things that are on our plate. We're multitasking, juggling. There's so many things that are vying for our attention. And it's easy to fall asleep spiritually, to become inactive spiritually. I'm not saying that people are lazy. We're busy doing all kinds of things, trying to hold the fort and trying to keep things in order. We got kids online watching classes and, and we're probably working at home and just a lot of crazy things going on right now. I don't really need to describe it, but you know what I'm talking about. But in the midst of all the craziness and all the distractions, it's easy to become spiritually inactive. It's, easily to, it's easy to stop picking up your Bible, to stop praying, to stop putting yourself in that place of submission where you can hear God speaking to you. Boy, it's so easy to do that. Let me encourage you to stand up in your boat. Get up and fight. Wake up and fight. Stand your ground. There are promises God wants you to take. You need to silence the devil in your life. You need to shut his mouth, as the scripture says. And so we conclude with this scripture. Excuse me, the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, 
verse 18. It says, Pray in the Spirit always, with all kinds of prayer and supplication. To that end, be alert, be sober, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. See, the fight is really, it's a prayer fight. You need to keep yourself built up in prayer. You need to keep yourself built up in the Word of God, speaking God's Word over yourself, over your spouse, over your family, over your children, over your future. That's something we have to do every day. Pray in the Spirit always. I love that command. We're commanded to pray in the Holy Spirit. Think about the early church. They, don't have, they didn't have the New Testament penned like you and I did. But what do you think they did all the time? They prayed a lot in the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the wonderful gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit simply by praying in another tongue. I want to encourage you today to take your stand and, and stand your ground and fight the good fight of faith. Get into that habit every day where you're submitting to God and you're resisting the devil. As you do, God will bless you with a fresh anointing. You'll have a bold declaration to make. You'll know what the plan of God is for your life. And God will give you a platform to extend your influence, to be a blessing to those that are around you in your life. Hallelujah. Let's go back to that opening statement that I made to you. Our key takeaway again, stand up and fight for what belongs to you and your children. We have an inheritance. If you don't fight, then you by default forfeit God's promises for your future. Wow. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your word and we receive your word today and we make a quality decision right now to submit ourselves under your mighty hand because you care for us. You want to exalt us. You want to bless us. So Father, forgive us for falling asleep. We just right now in the name of Jesus actively place ourselves under your mighty hand and we choose right now to stand up and to fight and to resist sin and to res resist temptation in our life. We make that quality decision today, Father. And we thank you for working in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to pray for those of you that may be watching us for the very first time or you're new to watching us at church at home. Uh, maybe you're watching us on our website or on Facebook or, or on YouTube. I want to extend to you an invitation today to, to receive Jesus into your life. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever should believe on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you so much. And He has paid the price so that you could have forgiveness from your sins and so that you could experience His Spirit in your life. All you have to do is to acknowledge Him and to pray a simple prayer declaring Him Lord over your life. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just believe in your heart as you pray this prayer. Believe it with all your heart. Just say this simple prayer after me. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I accept you. Come into my life. I make you Lord 
In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.